video games were made to be played. Don't play yours? We know some people who will. We are Get Well Gamers, a charity who take your unwanted video games and consoles to give to children's hospitals and wards across the UK. Donating is super easy. Just head over to our website, getwellgamers.org.uk, to fill out our online donation form. You've played the hero, now be the hero. Welcome to the Pure Dead Gaming Podcast. We are a member down this week. Unfortunately, Andy has been struck with COVID and is un- unable to join us this week. So it's just myself, Jessica, and partner in crime, Craig. Howdy. Hello. We are back to our usual weekly schedule this week following the festive period with a roundup and discussion of all the latest news, including PSVR announcements and an update on this year's E3. A new shitty platinum is at the ready for all those who love to hear that trophy pop. We also watched Assassin's Creed for this week's gaming movie, so we'll be sharing our review and rating on that. And finally, we shall also unveil this week's pick of the week. If you missed last week's episode, then do make sure you go back and give it a listen as we run through all the games that are set to release this year, as well as our predictions for 2022. Yes. Indeed. Yeah, I feel like, you know, we're starting to, that's the new year now. Like, we're everyone's pretty much back at work. The honeymoon period is yeah, over. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's done. It's 2022. I Although, just, not if you're a Honda car owner. How have they done? So, I don't know, some weird technological glitch. And people, I think, if they're they're like clock on uh-huh. their dashboard like when they try and change it to 2022 it just changed changes back to 2012 or something like that silly right yeah and so ho- they've just decided they've obviously when they've I made this know. system they've been like know. right we'll we'll update this later it's and only they just like, never have yes yeah, i think it's t- 2002 it keeps displaying um and like honda have said yeah we're working on it but we expect it to be fixed by like august 2022 and I'm like, right. So with three months left of the year, they'll be like, ah, we can fix it now. Yeah. Wow. Something like that. Yeah. I think it's like cert- it's only certain models, like between 2004 and 2012, but yeah. I suppose there wouldn't be that many of them still on the road, yeah. would there? But I mean, like, I remember in October when the clock changed and I was like, oh, good, my clock's back to the right hour now because I just hadn't bothered changing it. Um, for yeah. like summertime uh, you had a particular nightmare when the clock changed like, uh, yeah that hour really fucks with your head it doesn't does, it? it does <laughs> big time yeah so uh, it's weird Andy not being here isn't it it's been, it's been a long time since we've been we've been Andy-less how dare he get Covid I know it's bang it odd I hope he's listened to this fuck you Andy one thing I never mentioned uh, that I meant to mention last week I didn't want to put it in the news just because it's old news at this point, but GoldenEye is maybe coming back, the Nintendo 64 game. Okay. What happened was back in, I think it was like 2008, there was a deal. So the team that made it back in the 90s was called Rare, and Nintendo 
they made it for the Nintendo 64. That's the only console it came out on. But back in like the early to mid-2000s, Microsoft bought Rare. So at that point, they decided to get them, I believe it was them, to make a remastered version of GoldenEye. But before it could come out, I think it was MGM who have the rights to James Bond, were like, absolutely not. Fuck off. So the game was basically done. Okay. But MGM were like, ah, you're not putting that out. Absolutely not. I wonder no. why. I, Surely it's a moneymaker. You think... would think it's extra money for them. Yeah. I don't know why, but they were not happy about it. So the whole thing got scrapped. And uh, it hadn't even been announced. Like No one knew about it. But then it was <sighs> middle of last year. All of a sudden, it just appeared online. And so we downloaded it and, and played it on PC a little bit. Uh, you had to use like an emulator and yeah, stuff like that. But it was quite cool. Like, I mean, I don't know if that's the version that's going to come out, but it even had, you get this in some remasters, but you could like, with this, I think, I can't remember which button it was, maybe the select button or something like that. You could switch between the old and new graphics on the fly mm-hmm. to see exactly where the upgrades were and stuff like that. And the, the frame rate and stuff was better. So it was good. Uh, but I mean, I it was like a 2008. It's what a remaster looks like in 2008. So I don't know if that's what will come out or if they've maybe been at it again and made it oh, even okay. more polished. Yeah. But I mean, nothing's been officially announced yet, but tro- uh, achievements did appear online. And if it's got achievements that have been submitted, then the game's happening. Like it's not up for debate. It will come out at some point. So something to look forward to. This year though? <laughs> I'm sure if, it, if the achievements have appeared, I can't imagine it's not out in the next two or three months. Mm, okay, that's interesting. It's strange that I haven't mentioned it. I'd kind of half expected it to be like part of the Game Pass lineup for this month, but it's not been announced. So, obviously not. I was going to say, what have you been up to this week? But we've obviously we do speak off air. We do, we do speak. We do, we do sometimes speak. <laughs> I, not I'm, always in person, sometimes we chat through Discord. That's true, yes. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you have not joined, then go do so. We'll leave a link in the description box. Not yeah, description I need box. to add that to the website as well. Yeah, do uh, I've not done that. Neither's Andy, so it's fine. I well, mean, that's true. Andy's not even joined. What do you even think of the new Discord, Andy? What, what was that, sorry? <laughs> uh, yeah, one of the things we've been talking about on Discord, to be fair, is dieting. And I think we've actually both been doing quite well at that. Yes. Okay. I'm not saying there's not issues. <laughs> I'm not saying there's not been chocolate bars consumed, but I've, on occasion, ate quite healthy. Mm-hmm. I've given you greens the past couple of days. And yeah. You've, you've eaten them. The, so dinners, the dinners have been quite healthy. Mm-hmm. And I took healthy pancakes to work one day. That was a win. It's been going not bad, not mm-hmm. bad. I've still to implement the cardio, but that's coming this week. Okay, right, I'll wait with bated breath. So, yeah, it's going yeah. not bad. I was at the physio yesterday and have some sort of sciatic nerve damage, so that's a wee bit of an issue. Yeah. Can't. So you're just starting to get to that age where your body starts to break down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's I'm, failing me and it's upsetting me. Yeah, I'm five years ahead of you. So it's actually a bit grim for you because you can just look at me and be like, oh shit, mm. what if that happens to me? <laughs> what if I become made of toffee and I just start collapsing all around myself? Yeah. 
So what have you been playing? I have played a little game called The Pedestrian. Oh, yeah. So it's like a side-scrolling puzzle platform game. Um, it originally came back out. It originally came out, sorry, in January twenty twenty on like PC, right. and then I think a port was done on PS five and PS four last year, like this time last year. But it's okay. just came to Game Pass, hence why I started playing it. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it's quite fun. It's like it's played on like two D signs, so kind of like signs that you would get on the roadside or like I think it, at one point you're even inside like a traffic light all right okay um, it's pretty cool and you like you have to move the signs or connect signs to change the play space and then complete the puzzles and as it's progressing there's like objects you need to move from one place to another but obviously you can't just pick up and move it there's so like move between signs yeah all right okay it's it's, it's fun um i think the, the kind of background graphics are quite cool the setting's cool yeah you your character is like a little like see like the male and female things you get on the toy on a toilet sign yeah that's your like that's what you play as uh, so all females are triangles yeah, well, it's not quite a triangle, but with a wee skirt thing. Aye. You know the thing I mean. Aye, it's a triangle. People, people know the sign they do. for toilets. Yeah. Universal not, toilet sign. I don't know if you're allowed those signs anymore, though, are you? I don't know. Yeah, let's not go there. Probably not. <laughs> that game will be getting banned. Yeah. But annoyingly, like, I watched a guide because, obviously, it got to a point where I got stuck. Okay. I've not completed it yet, and I feel there will be more stuckage Hey, there's, there's no shade here. I'd have used a guide from the beginning. <laughs> um, but the the person I was watching had little horns on his toilet man. Right. And I'm like, how do I get accessories from my toilet lady? Right. And do you not know, no? I don't know how to get toilet accessories, no. I wonder if there's something you do in the game Probably, to do it's probably something. like a collectible of sorts that I've just Aye. either bypassed or not quite got to yet. Oh no, because if it was the guide, then I must have got to that point. So yeah, I don't know. It's maybe just something you never saw. It's maybe There maybe is collectibles in it, I'm not sure. Mm. But I, yes. My phone has been dinging for the, the geage. Yeah, so you've been getting some Gs. I don't, I don't have an Xbox account. That's by design, so you can I give know, me a gamer score. I'm aware. So yeah. But That's yeah, it's quite fun. I'll try and progress further and see if I can see complete them. it. Because remember, that's one of my goals of this year, to try and complete more games. Not just start them and then give up once I've had enough. Complete. But not I think it's quite a short game, so you Hopefully. should be okay. And I'm quite smart, so I'll be able to solve the puzzles. Right. <laughs> With your guide. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I've been playing... More Valhalla, as per usual. Uh, I also got the Platinum in Leisure Sweet Larry, Wet Dreams Dry Twice, which is a point-and-click Had you just still given up on that ages ago and now you've gone back to it? Yeah, so I played it ages ago, but it had this really annoying thing where all the trophies could be got in one playthrough apart from one. And... So you play through the game. There was missable trophies, but I was using a guide to make sure I got everything. And at the beginning of the game, you have to choose what suit you want to wear. There's a oh, his yeah. leisure suit his and there's suit. a wedding suit. I remember. And they're both identical. Like, there's not even, like, a different seam on it. It's the exact same fucking white suit. And at the end, when you complete the game, 
depending on what suit you're wearing, you get a trophy for completing it with the leisure suit, completing it with the wedding suit. So once you complete the game, you've got one trophy sitting, and it's to complete the game with the other suit. So I had to play the entire fucking game again just to get this one trophy. And so a while ago I had got maybe halfway through it and then got fed up and moved on. But I was looking through stuff the other day and I was like, oh, I'm just going to finish this. And so I did. I done did it. And it was worth it for the platinum? No. Because you're sort of speaking no, here as if you were annoyed about it. It's a good game. It's not as good as the first one. There was one, one before it on PlayStation 4 which was called, I can't even remember, but I, I had a better story and it was funnier uh, and you only had to play it once. Whereas this one was funny, but not as funny. It was way longer. It was like six or eight hours rather than like three or four, which is, I think, the ideal time for like a point and click game. And then obviously I had to play it twice. So by the end of it, I was just soured on it and wanting it done. But it is still it's still decent. It's still a good game, mm. but not as good. I would much higher recommend the first one, which I can't remember the bloody name of it. What's you, the second one called? The second one's called Wet Dreams Dry Twice. Is it not just Wet Dreams Don't Try or something? Oh, I think it might be, actually. Aye, I think you might be right. It is something like that yeah. anyway. It's the, it's the other one, and it's better. <laughs> Uh, I also played more Hollow Knight which is, I spoke about it last week but I'd only played it for 10 minutes or something like that uh, I've now put in maybe 2 hours I've beaten what I believe is a boss or 2 uh, <laughs> probably turned out it's just yeah, a that's... slightly bigger enemy yeah. <laughs> I'm probably going to actually come to a boss and be like oh fuck but uh, it's really good it's really really good I am almost certainly not good enough to complete it. Like, I've got to a, a new area, which is way more, like, foresty and green. Uh, it's like a kind of jungly type area. I don't know what it's actually called. And the enemies in there are just harder. Like, they're in harder positions. They attack you from more distance. Like, it's just, it's getting harder. Mm. So, I want to keep plugging away at it. I'd love to complete it, but... Um, I'll see. It yeah, may, it may I, test I, my patience. I do like the look of it. And I, like I mentioned last week, I'm keen to try the second one because mm-hmm. I think it looks really nice. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do it if it's too hard. I think it just, it's quite fair though. I think you just need to like, there's definitely like when you die, there's definitely a, a feeling of, right, okay, I know what I did wrong there. Okay. So I do think you improve as you go. Like it's not to say that you could be absolutely garbage at it and still complete it. But I think you will improve as you go with it. And, like, I don't know, it's just the whole game's so charming that, like, you want to keep playing. Uh, we were talking in the Discord about it, and, like, some of the guys were saying that it's... And ladies. And ladies. <laughs> well, you weren't in this discussion, to be fair. <laughs> uh, they were saying that it's best on Switch. And I think, like, I think that probably is the case. We maybe mentioned that last week, actually, but I don't know. It does feel like one of those games that is suited ideally to a handheld. Yeah, I think, to be fair, that pedestrian game I'm playing as well, like, I think I'd much rather be playing something like that on the Switch. It is coming to Switch, but it's not out yet. Right. I haven't haven't seen that, to be fair, but, yeah, like, a a puzzle game like that, like... Mm. 
and again, like, yeah, see, with not that Hollow Knight's a puzzle game, but it is very much like you can play in short bursts. Mm-hmm. And I feel like games that you can play in short bursts is ideal for the Switch. Let's see, especially if you're on like commutes or something, you could play for 10, 15 minutes and then all you need to do is just press pause, turn the screen off and then come back to it six hours later yeah. or whatever. And it's not the type of masterpiece that really, I don't know, like the as much as it looks beautiful, like graphic, you know, you're not, you're not there for the graphics, you're not there for the realism and that you get off a con like a big console game. <laughs> yeah. I'm I mean totally it, underselling the Switch there. It is a massive console, but like do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's one of those games that like it looks beautiful, but it's able to look just as beautiful on the Switch. Yeah, on the small screen. That's what I'm Aye, trying to say. Because it's like 2D I don't know. It's not hand drawn, but that kind of yeah, idea. Aesthetic, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, so far, really, really good. I do want to play more of it. Uh, just trying to juggle that and Valhalla. Because um, I'm on I'm on a mission here. Chris in the Discord, he keeps, he's goading me about Valhalla. He's constantly goading me about how I'm not going to complete it. And I'm fucking completing it. I'm telling you that right now. That game will be completed. Yeah, I feel like your time is running out though. Because as we know, February is wild. So... You know, uh, as soon as that month hits, you're probably... Valhalla's going to have to be tossed. Well, it could be worse than that, because earlier today we got an email through about codes for uh, Dying Light 2 mm-hmm. uh, request. I don't know if that means that they're ready yet. They're probably not, but uh, I, I've got a feeling that's going to come sooner than than hope, than we really need it to, <laughs> which is a bit of a concern, because I'll need to move on to that to review it. But uh, and you'll need to have five hundred hours spare. It, well, for that's that the thing. Week. Aye, aye. I mean, I'm gonna have to pretty much quit my job. Yeah. Should we just cover that now? Actually, so <laughs> yeah. So they've came out basically. Well, they came out initially and said Dying Light Two is going to take five hundred hours to complete, and then the <laughs> developer Techland has now clarified that you can actually beat the main campaign in just 20 hours. The full latest breakdown is as follows. 20 hours for the campaign, 80 hours if you want to complete all side content, and then 500 hours to max out the game. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. So 80 hours to do the main campaign and all the extra stuff, and then an extra 420 hours for the Platinum. Yeah, I think they sort of put this out as if they were trying to impress, but it it was a flex. Absolutely fell flat in its arse when folk were like, what the fuck? Aye. Uh, oh, it was definitely a flex because they were like, they were talking about how it would take almost as long as travelling by foot from one city to another city. I can't remember what the cities were. And they were obviously very proud of it. They'd made a graphic. They were they were pretty happy with it. And the responses went down like a lead balloon. And then that has forced them to now come out and basically say you can complete it in 20 hours. Mm. I Which mean, is still a lot, and it is still a lot. But I, I just, I don't know. I mean, we were talking about this earlier, but like, how can I don't understand? I mean, no, no shade on PR or whatever, but I don't understand how these people can be so daft. Like, they work in this industry. How did they think that tweet was going to go down well? Mm-hmm. Like, nobody. I, I'm not saying nobody, but a minuscule amount of people are going to want to play Dying Light Two for. 500 hours yeah. like even now that they've clarified that you can do the main story in 20 hours like that don't get me wrong that makes me 
happier because Twitter is fine for me. But I'm still a bit gutted that it's clearly like I've got no chance of getting this platinum now. Like, do the you plat- think? Do you think the five hundred is the platinum? Probably. Hmm. Like under the five hundred hours, they'd said. Uh, multiple endings. Now, sometimes there's trophy for get trophies for getting every ending. It said all collectibles. Like, I mean, perhaps their trophy list says, "Oh, collect fifty collectibles," and there's actually three hundred or something like that. But I don't know. I don't remember dying light one being a particularly easy platinum, and I, I think it's going to be a bollock, <laughs> which is a bit annoying. You don't. You don't have to complete. The game with the platinum trophy crate. Well, I'm not going to. I'm <laughs> absolutely to. not putting 500 hours into this thing. <laughs> but I, I mean, 80 hours fine. That's that's all right. I mean, I, I think it's almost it's more than I would want, but it's still that's a sort of acceptable range. I would say these yeah. days. But either 500 hours can get directly in the bin, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, so the other thing that I've been playing this week was I went back to an old championship manager game. So for our American listeners, that is a soccer management sim. <laughs> not a, not your egg, fucking your hand egg. None of that pish. Uh, and yes, yeah, it's, it's, fuck, it's really good. Why so I, did you decide to do this? Well, so I'd been playing... The new Football Manager, uh-huh. which is Football Manager 2022. And as these games tend to do, they get more complex and more complex as it goes on. And so I was playing Football Manager 2022. I'd put maybe about seven or eight hours into it. And I think I'd played two league games because you have to, the amount of stuff you have to do, honestly, there's press conferences almost every day. And you're like 20 minutes of press conference, like answering questions with the media. You have to do backroom staff meetings, like you're scouting players, you're having to sort out all the training. Like, I mean, it's so... So they going for a bit more realism of perhaps what an actual manager does? At this point, the, the main version of Football Manager is so in-depth that it is as time-consuming as an actual Football Manager's job. <laughs> like, I'm not joking, you can do everything. Yeah everything you can micromanage it's it's impressive and it's what's most impressive about it is that everything that you change actually matters so if you're good enough at it you can do really well but i was again we're talking on the discord where uh, quite a few of the boys have played it in the past and we're yearning for the sort of more simpler days right and so one reminiscing yes because we're all in our 30s and looking for the past nostalgia Mm -hmm. and one of the best versions of this game was back when it was called championship manager and it was the 0102 season so it's actually turns out i didn't even know this but it's actually available for free now the team that made it idos have made it available as freeware so you can download it and you can play so i thought i'll give that a go because i'd back then i mean my entire life was either in the pub or playing this game Mm -hmm. And I must have put thousands of hours into it, so I still remember like as the much w- as five hundred hours, more than five hundred hours. Honestly, see if this thing had a platinum, <laughs> I'd have platinumed it. Um, and so I still remember like the players that start off at seventeen years old and become amazing and stuff like that. There's this wee guy called Mark Kerr. Anyone that plays Football Manager will know this guy's name. He was at Falkirk and he's like eighteen years old and. At the beginning of the game, you can buy him for like 
£200,000 and you could literally put him straight into the Barcelona team and he would be one of the best players. He's unbelievable. (laughs) So I started that up and I've been playing quite a few hours of that. I've even I've been taking my laptop to work pretty much every day so that I can get a wee shot in. Naughty, naughty. I beat a managed. I went Celtic, who are my choice of of teams. Apologies to anyone from the other side of the the city, but uh, first Champions League game away to Juventus, and I beat them seven two. Well yep, that's the power of a Mark Kerr. Right, that's yeah. a Mark Kerr. I'm really impressed. Win. Can you tell? I can tell. Yeah, you're. You're pretty chuffed. Mm. But yeah, that's what I've been playing this week. So quite a lot, actually, to be fair. In terms of actual hours, I have... It's one of the most in recent times that I've put into gaming. Like, I must have put at least 10 hours into Valhalla, easily 10 into Football Manager, and then the rest. So nothing necessarily new apart from going back to older stuff, but a lot of hours. Yeah, speaking of older stuff, I didn't realise this, but Nokia have been like re-releasing some of their older phones as like new ones kind of thing so you can as get... working phones yeah so like the nokia 6310 is to back try to think which one that is was that the longer one yeah right yeah um, had an aerial no it didn't have an aerial you would recognize it if you see if you've seen it yeah but yeah you can buy that for like 60 pound now and it's got like 20 day battery life and of course classic old snake <laughs> a 20 day battery life yeah. has it got a better screen than anything no 2.8 inch screen and not great by what I read but like I don't know I just think again like simpler times like you know your phone was your phone to text people and to communicate via voice with people like your phone isn't your life your or wasn't your life the way it is now and I think I don't know I kind of like that it'd be nice to just go back to having a phone and not have the rest of it but you would need I could I could do it no I can do that I'm, I'm fucking, <laughs> I, I, do I you absolutely it. don't know what I'm I talking about either, here but, but it's a but nice idea <laughs> does it have the likes of whatsapp no, no, I don't think so. So it is like the old style text messages and stuff? Yeah, I think it must be. I don't, I'd need to look into it more, but I think it is basically what it was. But I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm, usable I'm willing to drop £60 to find out. <laughs> and at the end of the day, it's always a snake machine. Yeah, true. Which is pretty cool. True. I mean, if, if I can play snake for 20 days between charges, then... <laughs> That pays for it, that pays for itself. I don't think it comes with a platinum trophy for Snake though. I don't They could patch that in later, but <laughs> okay. you never know. Yes, indeed. Okay, moving on. We shall hit up the news for news. this. <laughs> I was believing pure dead gaming news. So, first up, as I mentioned at the beginning, Sony has confirmed that the next generation of VR headset will simply be known as the PlayStation VR 2. The device will feature an OLED display with a resolution of 2000 times 2040 per eye. Each screen will sport a refresh rate of 90Hz slash 120Hz with an FOV of 110 degrees. Basically, it's going to be really good looking. 
It'll feature an adjustable lens separation and a six-axis motion sensing system along with IR proximity sensor. That'll be helped by the controllers, now officially dubbed the PlayStation VR2 Sense controllers, which will also deliver a haptic feedback. Ooh. It'll connect the PS5 using a single USB-C cable and will not feature that horrible processing unit of its predecessor. No release window was given, but there are rumours suggesting that device is in production just now. So we may well see it this year. Pretty sure you said you didn't think we would. Yeah, my, I was. I said it would either. No, I think I, I said it would be delayed into 2023. Mm. I still, I mean, I, technically it wouldn't be a delay because they haven't said it's coming That's this true. year. But That's true. Yeah, I mean, the news that comes out here does sort of suggest that it would come out this year. There was even, I think, some rumours about it coming out in the second quarter of this year. So maybe like April to June, but... I don't know, I think it's a bit... It strikes me as a bit soon, but maybe. I mean, maybe. It's it's interesting, though. Like, the VR landscape has totally changed from when Sony put out PlayStation VR. Mm-hmm. Like, back then, this was the entry-level way to get into VR. Like, there was so many PlayStation 4s already in the world, and because of that, they could sell a VR headset for... I think it was, I mean, it was £350, I believe, and we got one day one, but I can't quite remember. It was five years ago. I think it was £350. And so that was the cheapest headset at the time. Yeah. And we already had a PlayStation 4. Um, and motion controllers as And we well. already had dug the motion controllers out of the loft. Because so, that was a whole saga in itself, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, they, I mean, they completely... That was the entry-level VR, and it went on to... It's by far the best-selling VR headset ever, by multiple times Mm. Uh, but that's not the case now like people a lot of people can't get a hold of PS5s so if you don't have a PS5 this isn't an option for you and if you do like what is the price going to be because those specs are really good yeah and presumably obviously the the one before you, you bought the motion controller separately Whereas surely this is going to be bundled with these new... It's definitely coming with the controllers. Yeah, it uh, has to because you, think you, so. everyone needs that now because that's a new thing. So yeah, that will dictate the price as well, I suppose, because you're having to... You're going to get these as well. Those controllers aren't going to be cheap. No. Because they're coming with haptic feedback, with the triggers, mm. like... I mean, a, a standard PlayStation 5 controller is £60. Aye. So... I like the naming convention, like the fact that the controller's called the DualSense and then these are called the Sense controllers, because mm. uh, together it would be like a DualSense. So they've done well there. But yeah, I mean, these controllers, you have to imagine that these two controllers are worth about £100, yeah. at least. Yeah. And I would, I would definitely say at least. So I don't know, the, the price is going to be really, really interesting. A lot of folk are saying that they don't think they can sell it for more than what a PlayStation 5 costs. And I, I tend to agree. Mm. I think the most it'll be is £450. But I don't know. Because like on one hand, so the PlayStation... The play, original PlayStation VR it was 350 I believe. But that also came with that processing unit. Now, that processing unit did some of the heavy lifting in terms of like 
processing the games. It yeah. didn't all do it from the PlayStation. It did it with a mixture of the PlayStation and that unit. So you got that unit with it. So that was some of the technology that was costing the money in theory because this is just a, a headset that then attaches to the PlayStation then that eliminates that. It's the PlayStation that's doing the processing. Mm -hmm. And this is just the headset that you're viewing it from. So that would be something in its favour for it to be cheaper. But then obviously, like you say, the controllers are Mm going to cost a fortune. But then I suppose the Oculus Quest... Two comes in at three hundred pounds at the moment. Yeah. So and, and it has to process everything, everything in the headset. Yeah. So yeah, it may well be. I'd say around that mark. I think they have to be competitive with the Oculus Quest. If they could make it the same price as the Quest, then this thing will do really well because yeah. it's higher spec than the Quest. And to be fair, like the Quest has to, it has to obviously process everything in the headset. But it also has an SSD hard drive to store the games, mm. and they're expensive. Mm. Like you get two different models of the Quest: one that's three hundred and one that's four hundred. And the only difference is that it's got a bigger hard drive in it. So you're talking that's a difference of a hundred pound just for a hard drive. Yeah. So again, the PlayStation One is not going to have a hard drive in it. All the games are going to be stored on the console. So that's something again that could maybe make it cheaper. But I just don't know. I don't know. Like, uh, the Quest controllers are really good, but the PlayStation controllers are going to be similar. They're a similar design, but they're going to have these haptic feedbacks in them and the, also the adaptive triggers, which will add cost onto production for them. Yeah. So it's it's so interesting. Like, I think price is definitely going to be key to see how they I mean, we're... I'm day one. Oh, like. I'm aware. I'm aware. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> Saying one. this thing is up for pre-order, they could be like eight hundred pound. <laughs> like, okay, so I don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, I'm I'm all in, but uh, yeah, I mean, VR is still a niche thing. Like, is accessible and easy to use, and everything that the Oculus Quest is like. I was, there was someone mentioning recently, like I think it's still sold less than a, half a million units, mm. which is not a lot. No, it's not. And that will be partly because a lot of people hate Facebook. Like, I remember... It's we, the we, meta now. Ah, the meta, of course. That'll make everyone forget <laughs> that cyborg boy's behind it. But uh, I remember we put up a review of the Quest 2 and I was just inundated with messages being like, I don't care how good it is. I'm not touching anything from Facebook. Fuck off. That's Facebook. Honestly, it was just mm. screeds and screeds of messages being like, I'm not touching that thing. I don't care how good you say it is. Like, real anger about it. Because at that time, you had to have a Facebook account. And if you ever deleted your Facebook account, then all the games that you had purchased that were tied to it were gone. Yeah, that's not ideal, is it? No. But they have seemingly scrapped that. I don't really take too much to do with it, but... Uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm really interested in this. Really interested in that. And keeping on the PlayStation VR two theme, they kicked off 2022 and still announcing that Horizon Call of the Mountain will be the first PlayStation VR two first party game. So it's a, an all new entry in the Horizon saga, and it will be the first game in which you won't be playing as Aloy. 
Instead, you'll be quite literally getting behind the eyes of a brand new character in the universe. But don't worry though, as we're promised that you'll get to meet Aloy, other familiar faces and some brand new ones along during your adventure. The game will also be co-developed by Horizon Series regulars Gorilla and Fire Sprite Games. And they're the, they're the Liverpool-based developers made up of former Studio Liverpool staffers that PlayStation snapped up last year. They're pretty dab hands at this VR thing too, having worked on the original PS VR launch title, The Playroom VR. No word yet on release date for the Horizon Call of the Mountain just yet, or if it would be bundled with the headset deal like the Playroom VR was. Yeah, this is interesting. Mm. This looks fucking cool. Really cool. And it's what they need to do, because if they're wanting to get people on board, then, like... I think there's a lot to be said for projecting confidence in something. Yeah. And like that's something they didn't overly do with the first PlayStation VR. Like there's good games on it and stuff like that. Like they went out and they paid Capcom a load of money to make Resident Evil 7 VR enabled. But to the average person, that's Resident Evil deciding to make a VR version like they don't realize that like sony obviously paid for that yeah and they obviously did because it's never came to any other headset so but like i say the average consumer's just looking at it and going ah, it's all kind of like it's not necessarily sony making big games for it so this is actually sony mm. putting one of their biggest franchises in vr which is pretty cool yeah um, i think though like like this like you say like they launched the PSVR with Playroom and it was good, don't get me wrong, but you know, none of the games were known to anyone beforehand type thing. Whereas mm. Horizon's a big franchise and there's a huge fan base already for it. So trying to get them on board if they're not already to VR is you know, it's it'll certainly elevate it. Yeah. And we've got the game coming out, the second game coming out in just over a month. You imagine that's gonna sell really, really well. And if it's as good as the first one or better, then say it towards the end of this year, or if it does end up in twenty twenty three, like there's going to be a, a bunch of people hungry for more Horizon, yeah, and definitely. if they're like, right, well, I'll try out this VR thing, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll see and see what we can do, and I, I think it's a good choice because like Horizon, it's all about like the sense of scale, even like in the normal games, like you're like all these sort of robot dinosaurs and they're huge and I think like in VR you will be like whoa look Mm. at the size of that like it will be very awe-inspiring so I think it was a good choice when you've got large-scale enemies and you've got different stuff like that like there was there was some people sort of moaning because the section that was shown off it looked like it was on rails so you didn't have control over your movement it was just it was moving for you and you were maybe like shooting or whatever Mm -hmm. and they were wondering if that was how the game was going to control but there was, I think it was one of the guys that's working on it had tweeted out saying that not to worry that this will completely change how people think of like AAA level VR games. So it's obviously going to be something pretty big. Mm. It sounds, I mean, it sounds really exciting to be fair. Yeah, I'm interested to see because having played both Oculus and PSVR, I get quite a lot of motion sickness. Yeah. And I wonder if this new device will be able to kind of combat some of that, if they'll be able to 
I mean, not I'm not saying it's going to eliminate it, but I just wondered if the visual aspects will be a bit more. I don't know. I don't know if this will make a difference, but the one negative it's actually castles that brought this up because i hadn't really thought about it but once he'd mentioned it it made a lot of sense with the psvr and to be honest more so with the quest one of the only downsides of it is it very much like it feels like you're although you feel immersed and you do feel like you're in the world it feels like you're looking through goggles into a world mm-hmm. like your peripheral vision, you can see black. Like, you can't... Like, see, when you're just standing just now, like, you can see stuff out your peripheral vision at, say, whatever angle. But when you're in VR, it's almost like things are closed in around you and you actually have to turn your head a lot more to be able to see anything that's coming even remotely from your left or right. And one of the things that the PSVR 2 is doing, it's saying it's like 110 degrees FOV or something. And so they are planning to open that out. And I think the more you can see of the world, the more aware you are of your surroundings, the less, hopefully, that you would get motion sickness. And a lot of it is, to be fair, getting used to it. Yeah. Like The more you're in it, the more, uh, the better it gets. But yeah, there's been a lot of talk about whether this will be a, like a launch game and... If they can make it, if they can get it done in time to come out with the headset, like I think that'd be huge. Like mm-hmm. you want to launch with a big game. Like yeah. I think one of my predictions again was that it would be Half Life Alex, and maybe it is Half Life Alex, and then this game comes a bit later. But if they can get it out at launch, like you're what one of the things they're going to want to do is show what these controllers can do, mm-hmm. like the haptic feedback, the the tension and stuff like that, and what Horizon one of the main weapons and horizons a bow and arrow and that's perfect for what these controllers can do so if you can get that out day one and that's a showcase for how fucking let's say like astrobot and it showed you exactly what that dual sense controller could do this could be that for the vr Mm -hmm. like when you can feel that tension you can feel like i just think that would be a really good thing to come out the blocks with um, but I, I, I hope we get an Astrobots too as well. Oh, this has to happen. Yeah. I think that's almost a guarantee. Like, I, I definitely that that will happen. But uh, I saw a lot of people have been talking about well, th- there's no way that Horizon could be ready because this Fire Sprite company were only bought in September last year uh, by Sony. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's when they started working on the game. Like as it's we said in the news there, they made the Playroom VR. And that was long before they so they were purchased by Sony. True. So yeah. there's nothing to say. Like they last put out a game in 2020, at the beginning of 2020. So there's nothing to be to say that they haven't been working on this as like a third party developer since 2020. And then maybe Sony have went and seen right how's this game coming along? Holy fuck, this is really good. Can we buy you? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then that deals perhaps, went through because yeah. they are so impressed by what they've created so far. So it could be further down the line than people think. Um, but yeah, we had asked on Twitter uh, with Horizon being announced, what is the next big game you would like to see announced to make the jump to VR? And to be quite honest, we got too many responses to read them all out. So I went through them and just sort of took a sort of census of what people were saying. Mm-hmm. And strangely, the one that came up the most, I thought, was Killzone, which is a dormant first-person shooter 
that uh, was made by Guerrilla, the same team that makes Horizon. Uh, they used to do a, f- a first-person shooter. It was an initially sort of pitched as a kind of PlayStation's Halo, but it never really took off at that level. And so I think a lot of people are looking to see that. And the other ones were Spider-Man, obviously, uh, which would be very cool in VR. But the problem would be potential motion sickness. Yeah, swinging from building to building. The idea of it is really cool, (laughs) but if you miss one of those swings and you go hurtling towards (laughs) the New York City pavement at 100 mile an hour, you could quite quickly face plant, be sick, smash your TV, knock over your PlayStation 5. It could be quite the scene. It could, yes. Uh, It sounds cool, though. I mean, I'll try it. I'll instantly try it, but... And then, the, to be fair, the Insomniac team that makes Spider-Man, they've got a history with VR as well, so it makes sense. And also, Gran Turismo 7 came up. I think that's a given. They will, they're will. they not going to make a special, like a specific Gran Turismo game for VR, but they will make Gran Turismo available to work in VR. Yeah. I would put money on that. And the other one, two that come up the most were Half-Life Alex, which we do hope is coming, and Uncharted, which would be cool, but that's a lot of cli- that's a lot of having your arms in there. It's <laughs> a lot of climbing. But this could be the new the new fitness regime for you, Craig, if they do something like that. But I'll need to actually climb. I'll be I'll be too busy climbing actual mountains. All right. Right. Okay. But uh, it could, I mean, that could be cool. Could. Like. I, I personally like I would like to see all this stuff in VR mm-hmm. uh, I go back I've plugged them a few times before but uh, if you search Beardo Benjo all over mud on Twitter I know well he's on Twitter but if you search him on YouTube he does a lot of VR PC videos and between mods that people have created and there's also a program that I can't remember the name of that you can run games through that that convert them to VR. Like, he, the amount of videos that he has of games that aren't currently in VR, but he's playing them in VR and they work well is incredible. Like, quite a few people mentioned Alien Isolation and he's got videos up on playing that in VR. Yeah. And this is just a simple program that you've ran this game through and it makes it available in VR or a mod that one guy has created. And I don't think they'll ever do this, but I would love to see Sony get someone on the case like that. So they could they could literally just be like, right, look, we've got an app here. It's experimental. You may find bugs with it, but it's up to you if you want to come in and try this stuff. And they could just go through games on the PlayStation Store that would be suitable and make even portions of them available in VR and then you could try them out through this thing. You'd be like, look, right, it might not work perfectly, but here it is, try it. Yeah, that'd be cool. Like, there's no reason for them not to do that. They won't, because it's Sony, but they could and it would be fucking awesome. Okay, turning to Nintendo now. The Switch has already played host to sequels from almost all of Nintendo's biggest franchises, but with one awkward exception, Mario Kart. Despite Mario Kart 8 Deluxe being the best-selling game on the Switch and Nintendo's third biggest game of all time, it's essentially a Wii U port. Traditionally, there's only ever one Mario Kart game 
pair format, but given Mario Kart 8 is a grey area, there's been much speculation as to whether Nintendo will release another for the Switch. According to the respected analyst Dr. Serkin Toto, through Mario Kart 9 is already in development. He said, quote, I'm aware Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is still selling very well on the Nintendo Switch, but Mario Kart 9 is an active development and in brackets comes with a new twist and Nintendo could tease it this year. What do you think of this? I mean, I'm always up for a new Mario Kart. Yeah. Always. And it has been ages. But it doesn't feel that long to us because we, I mean... I took nothing to do with the Wii U. So I'll never... The first time I played Mario Kart 8 was on the Switch. Mm. So it sort of felt new to me, what, three years ago when we bought a Switch. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it depends what the twist is, obviously. It could, I mean, if they, if they put a new spin on it, it could be cool. I sort of feel like I would rather they waited, like... Graphics aren't everything, especially to Nintendo, but I I think they've they've got to be due. Like I know there's talk of this, oh, an updated Switch or whatever. I think they need a new console. But I think they should keep the Switch format. Like see this thing of oh you can take it on the go or you can dock it and play it on TVs. I would stick with that. Like if I was Nintendo, I would not move away from that. But I feel like they need 4K visuals. They need like I would rather, I'd, I'd rather wait and see a Mario Kart that looks fucking visually stunning. Mm. But I don't think they will. I think they will put something out this year. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I suppose there's nothing wrong with some, you know, new maps and things. But if that's all it's going to be, you, I don't know. You're right. Like it'd be interesting to see what this sort of twist is. Like my sort of thoughts is it might be some sort of online multiplayer type battle royale type thing which could work it could it definitely could i mean i think it would have to have the the standard races as well or thought would be raging but uh but a battle royale would be cool like if you just had like they obviously in the older games i don't know if they've got it in Mario Kart 8 but I certainly remember obviously back in the SNES and the 64 playing the Mario Kart battles uh, we'd play them in like split screen and stuff like that and if they had like a big map of that and it was like a hundred, even say 50 players or something like mm. that and you had three shells or whatever like that could be very cool. I think people would shit on it as soon as they heard the word Battle Royale but True. it would be quite cool. Uh, again I asked uh, the audience for their suggestions on what they could, what the twist could be, but I did ask for wrong answers only. (laughs) And so what I got was uh, Cactus Jamie said, it's a race to fill your cart. Don't worry, there'll be plenty of microtransactions. So, and then he had that, the gif was someone with an actual shopping cart. So I don't think he's talking about racing at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, Matt said it's an evolution of the one with the real remote control cars each car requires a new car purchase of £50 that would be a very Nintendo thing to do I yeah. wouldn't put that past them at all yeah. uh, Joseph says they use grocery carts and throw actual fruit at each other 
Jelly Belly says the twist is that it's exclusive to PC and looks like Forza Horizon 5. <laughs> uh, I'd be certainly up for those graphics, as I said. Um, Chris says, wait, 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 hear me out. Mario and Luigi sans tash. So Mario and Luigi, but with a proper shave. Hey, wow. So him saying that instantly just makes me want to go and watch the Mario film. No. Which I realised I haven't watched in at least two months. No, come on. No, it's probably going on tonight, I'm sorry. And the sleep pod says blue shells and bananas are now only available as NFTs. <laughs> Which, again, I put nothing past Nintendo. Uh Mine, I, I was trying to come up with something as well and what I came up with was you have a depleting fuel tank and you can only fill up via microtransactions. Mm-hmm. So each each race you're, you're depleting your fuel tank and then you have to pay actual money to top it up to keep playing. And if you 100% the game, you get a download code for the delisted Mario All-Stars pack. Remember last March 31st when they cancelled Mario? Mm-hmm. Well, if you 100% this game, you get a download code for it. Mm. Hashtag bring back Mario. See in current Mario 8. You know how sometimes you get a question mark block and you get a fucking coin and you're like, for fuck's sake. Like, is, uh, there, it's, it's, is there a point in the coins? Every 100 coins you get an extra life. But you don't die in Mario Kart. Oh, in Mario Kart? Eh... Like what are the what's the point in the coins? That is a good point. I don't think there is a point in them. I th- I, oh, in actual Mario, every hundred coins you get an extra life, but I don't think there's any point in them. Yeah, I've actually thought of that before. I totally forgot about it, but I I, I don't think there's any point in it. I'm gonna look it up and report back next week if yeah. there is any point in Mario Kart coins. If you do know the answer, please drop me a message. <laughs> It's devastating when it happens, but isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you're like... The coin comes up in your last one. It's a fucking blue shell. Okay, this one is sort of a correction, kind of. So Rainbow Six Extraction is coming to Game Pass. As tends to be the case, the announcement came the day after recording last week, confirming Craig's speculation that the game would arrive on the service day one. It's scheduled to launch on January 20th, and alongside this news, Ubisoft announced that their subscription service, dubbed Ubisoft Plus, will be coming to Xbox in 2022. It's currently available on PC for $11.99 a month. I fucking knew I didn't imagine this. Yeah. But so do you think it went live and then they took it back down again? Yeah. Yeah. Because at first, like, after we recorded last week, I was like, oh, I hope I didn't, like, get an email that was embargoed or something like that. <laughs> um, but I looked through my emails, it was nothing to do with that. I, and I vividly remember it being on the Xbox store I saw it, and it was under Game Pass. So... Like, Xbox, I've got a real, real bad habit of making stuff go live on there before it's supposed to, and then pulling it down straight away. Like, I think last year, almost half the games that were leaked were because they appeared on the Xbox store. Like, that two-point campus, that was leaked before it was announced because it appeared on the Xbox store, despite the fact that it's 
eight months later it's still not even got a date to come out mm-hmm. i don't know why it was on the store yeah. but um it must have it must have just went live for like a short period of time and i was randomly there to see it um but i'm glad because i, I was really that was that was pickling my head really pickling my head <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's still i don't know it looks like a cool enough game but there's just something so generic about it like if i mean i might check it out now because it's on game pass but if it wasn't like i, I think this game would have utterly bombed that's like, the benefit of the service though isn't it yeah there'll like, be a people lot of people on the fence like you looks okay looks generic you know it it's because it's on Game Pass, you're potentially going to play it when you maybe wouldn't. So, and it's a co-op game as well. So you're going to have a if the gameplay is good, you're going to have a lot of people with access to it that can check it out and can yeah. squad up and play. Yeah. So it's got a chance. It does have a chance. It reminds me of Outriders, which was a game last year that similarly, like a couple of weeks before launch, it was just there was no interest, absolutely none. And then it, they announced that it was coming to Game Pass day one. And it didn't necessarily pull up any trees, but it did a lot better than it was going to. And obviously, like the money they got from Microsoft probably put them in the green. So it wasn't a disaster, whereas it could have been. Because no one was paying... Very few people were going to pay £60 for that game. Uh so yeah, I mean it's Ubisoft. Like I expect it to be a pretty decent game, but it was going to die in its ass without this, without coming to Game Pass. But um, ah, this Ubisoft Plus thing's weird. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of I don't know. It's it's a service that hardly had you ever heard of about no. of it before this. Like most people don't even know it exists. So it's a service that's been in PC for at least a year maybe two years and from what i understand because i've never used it you pay 11.99 a month which is fucking ridiculous and you get access to every ubisoft game so i should have looked into this before we recorded but i think it includes new games day one i think now, I suppose if it does, then whenever a new game comes out, you could sub, fire through the game, and then get rid of the sub, and you've paid £11 for the game. Yeah. If that if that is the case, if they are available day one, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, it for, So at first, because Ubisoft put this out in the one tweet, both these announcements, everyone automatically took it as extractions coming to game pass and then ubisoft plus is being added to game pass as well so for the first couple of hours everyone was going absolutely mad going oh my god like because so ea have got their own service ea play Mm -hmm. now it's 3.99 a month on playstation but xbox paid ea so much money that it's just part of game pass Mm -hmm. so if you've got game pass you also get ea play at no extra cost now, people instantly thought this meant that you were going to get Ubisoft Plus as part of Game Pass for no extra cost. But, I mean, if you read the tweet carefully, all it said was 
it's coming to Xbox in 2022. And there's no way that that gets lumped in for no extra cost. Nah. Like, Ubisoft Plus costs more per month than Game Pass exactly. costs. They wouldn't do that. So, Xbox aren't going to take the hit on that. Ubisoft aren't going to take the hit on that. They might do some sort of thing where, oh, if you buy, if you get both, it's £17 a month or something like that, like, to kind of cut the cost. Like, maybe both take a slight hit. Mm-hmm. But nobody's taking that kind of hit. So, yeah. Yes, we shall wait and see. So... Next up, it seems as though California-based studio Question is working on a South Park game. That's thanks to a job advert the studio has posted for a lead level designer spotted by Eurogamer. The company says it's working with South Park Digital Studios on a, quote, new video game set in the world of South Park. We can also gleam a couple of other nuggets of, of info, namely that the successful applicant will have to work on the Unreal Engine. Elsewhere, the advert also mentions previous multiplayer level design work as a requirement, which could indicate that the project may have a multiplayer slant. Boo! You d- what's wrong with multiplayer? You do not like multiplayer. I do not. I do not. Neither does, who was it wrote in? Jason, who wrote in saying, I don't want any part of an online South Park game. I never thought I'd say this, but bring back Ubisoft. Because <laughs> they made the last two games mm. and uh, did a fucking good job, to be fair. Like, historically, I know you quite enjoyed South Park now, like the specials and stuff like that, but yeah. like, historically, the South Park games were utter shite. Utter shite. There was one in the N64 where you threw snowballs at each other and it was like a abysmal 3d graphics it just it was i loved south park back then and i wanted to love that game so much and it was so shit i know the game is stupid and it actually isn't even fun anymore the last two ones by like they were just brilliant they looked exactly like the show they were written by the guys that make the show like it was fucking excellent they're two of the funniest games ever made and I just, I, I just want another one of them. <laughs> just make it again. But it seems like, no, they're going to make some fucking online nonsense. Get in the bin. Get in the bin. Okay, as I mentioned at the start, and as you probably imagined, E3 will once again not be an in-person event in 2022. The ESA gave a statement to IGN saying the following quote, Due to the ongoing health risks surrounding COVID-19 and its potential impact on the safety of exhibitors and attendees, E3 will not be held in person in 2022. We remain incredibly excited about the future of E3 and look forward to announcing more details soon. Not Um, really a surprise there, is it? Um, Another year, another nail in the coffin of E3. (laughs) Gaming Christmas is fucking dead <laughs> take your 16 bit Christmas tree and ram it up your ass because it's not coming back yeah yeah. I suppose being UK residents and not affording to go over to America to the actual conferences like in some respects it's it's not that much different to us but equally like what you see, like what is presented, it, it is lacking somewhat without that that fan base, and you don't get as much of a 
gauge of reactions i think that's a big part of it as well yeah the live reactions inside the conferences were cool like yeah. folk just losing their shit when like something really cool was announced and also the fact i mean this even bigger problem we three these days is the fact that sony just doesn't do it anymore yeah. like they just refuse to turn up which is really annoying because at least if they did you would still have like like i'm i'm do not like console wars, but I like friendly rivalry. And when it would come to E3 and it'd be like, oh, who's going to put on the better conference? And you'd have like, you'd have, I mean, Nintendo were still over in the corner sort of fiddling with their willy a bit. But Mike, certainly Microsoft and Sony, where it was like, they were out to beat each other. And like after E3, people were like, oh, who won E3? And all this sort of stuff. And like, I feel like that competition creates better conferences, people yeah. trying to compete. Like the fact that Sony just have decided that they're too good for it and they won't go anymore. Like not only does that make it disappointing at E3 for PlayStation fans, but there's no need for Microsoft to bring their A-game because what are they fucking competing against? Yeah. Like... It's just sad. I don't know. Like a lot of people, a lot of podcasts I listened to and stuff like that, they were delighted when E three sort of fell over on its ass. But I don't. I do like these little conferences every month or every two months or whatever. But I mean, when was the last time one of them wasn't underwhelming? Yeah, true. Like because they're having them so frequently, they've got fuck all to show. And I feel like when there's this. Like, it's not like E3 was the only thing, but when they're only having, like, two or three sort of blowouts a year, I feel like there's, they bring their A-game more and it's better. And I wish they'd go back to that, but they won't. Yeah, I wonder if they could, I don't know, like, still do it somewhat. I mean, I know they've announced they're not, but, like... Oh, they're still going to do it online. Like, Microsoft will still have a press conference. Yeah, I know, but I just, like, so CES, which is a sort of big technology yeah, industry um, conference like they've literally just had their big conference. It was the first since I think January twenty twenty. But yeah. you know, and I think in terms of attendance, it was much lower than previous years. But it's still, you know, I think it was like forty five thousand people there still. So you wonder why E three aren't just gonna still do it, but on a smaller capacity. I don't know. Like it, I don't. Know they if, could just limit numbers. I eh? don't know if COVID really really is. Yeah, I mean, I suppose we don't know. We can't predict what's what it's going to be like come summer this but, year. But but like you say, neither can they. Exactly. Like, um, and by it, all accounts, it things could are be getting less better. Of an issue. Yeah, by all accounts, things are getting better slowly. So yeah, I think a lot of people thought like once Sony fucked off and stuff like that, that E three would just quietly die. Mm. And I think a lot of people are, to be honest, quite surprised that it's even happening this year. Mm. But hopefully they can get back to it I, I don't know like like I say I just I'm not the biggest fan of these these conferences all the time like I never even bother putting in the news but there is rumours that there's going to be a state of play at the beginning of February just mainly focusing on Horizon and I have no interest I, I'm so excited for Horizon but I don't want to see any more of it mm. like I hate this when they show you so much and you, you end up playing the game and being like, oh, I remember this. Uh, oh, that's that bit and that. <laughs> like, I don't want to see it. I know I'm buying the game. I know I'm going to play the game day one. Like, stop showing it to me. Just give me it. Okay. Let's move 
Let's move on to our next piece of news. We have Jeff Ross, game director of Days Gone, has accused Sony of making the game, quote, feel like it was a big disappointment, despite strong sales. Ross's comments came following yesterday's news of fellow PlayStation first-party title Ghost of Tsushima had sold over 8 million copies worldwide. In a post on his Twitter account, Jeff claimed that local studio management didn't show him or his team the same support despite hitting a similar milestone. At the time I left, Sony Days Gone had been out for a year and a half and and a month and had sold over 8 million copies. It's since gone on to sell more and then a million plus on Steam. Local studio management always made us feel like it was a big disappointment, Ross said. Yeah, they're really bitter over this. Yeah. This has been pretty... does not seem happy. Yeah, so they put out Days Gone and then they pitched a sequel which Sony were like, nah. And then Sony tried to get them to work on the last of his remake and they were like, fuck you. And then a lot of them left because they were so fed up with it. And now, seemingly, the, the people that are left are making their own game, but we don't know what it is. But... I don't know. I, I can see this from both ways. Like a lot of people are firmly on the side of like the developers and saying like that's absolutely ridiculous. Eight million sold. Uh, that's what, like similar to what Ghost of Tsushima's sold, and they're getting loads of praise. And why didn't we get the praise? And I do get it, but at the same point, like Ghost of Tsushima was made in like two or three years, whereas it took them eight years to make this game. So you're talking about development costs for eight years rather than, like, three. Yeah. So it was the length of time it took them to put it out. And then I loved Days Gone. I thought it was brilliant, but it didn't review particularly high. And, like, Sony are notoriously anal about Metacritic ratings. And, like, um, Days Gone's, like, quite low. It's low 70s, I think. And I mean, I would have scored it much higher, but when a game gets that sort of level, you're probably not going to get a sequel, despite the sales. And yeah, I mean, there's a whole thing you can go into about that. Like, so when Days Gone was coming out, it was sent to reviewers like a month before it came out. And when most reviewers played it, the game was buggy as hell. Like it was crashing, the frame rate was terrible. And so that's why it got lower scores. And by the time it actually came out to buy, it was pretty pretty well fixed. So on one hand, the PlayStation PR should not have sent that game to people before it was ready. So like a lot of people blame Sony for that. And you can, but the game was gold. Like, when a game goes gold, that's supposed to be at ready. You can patch it after that, but if a studio makes a game gold, they're saying that it's ready. It's ready and it's yeah. not like Sony sent it to people before it went gold. Yeah. So there was obviously... I mean, it, there's a lot of blame to go around. But, um, but yeah, 8 million's good. Like, I'd, I'd love a Days Gone sequel. We're not going to get it. But uh, I think these guys do have a reason to be annoyed. They do. Um, one thing to note as well... I think you'll need you would need to have Patreon access, but uh, Sacred Symbols with uh, Colin Moriarty, he's actually having these guys on. He's done an interview with them on Sacred Symbols Plus this week, so I imagine there'll be quite a lot of juicy gossip coming out of that because these guys have now left the company and they're not happy. So I think they'll be quite happy to speak out. Mm. 
So I think that's Thursday, maybe, that comes out, but that'll be interesting. Cool. Okay, next up, take two, the publisher of blockbuster titles like Grand Theft Auto, Borderlands and Bioshock has today announced its acquisition of mobile company Zynga for $12.7 billion. A giant in the business, the California-based developer is known for the likes of Farmville and Wizard of Oz slots. The purchase is designed to strengthen Take-Two's overall position in the mobile market to the point where it's considered a market leader. A press release reads, the transaction will create... The transaction will create a powerful and diverse portfolio of industry-leading titles that span key platforms and genres across interactive entertainment developed by some of the most creative and forward-thinking talent within the industry. By sharing best practices and key data insights across the enterprises, the company is expected to benefit from significant development and publishing synergies, unlock new revenue streams and reach new audiences around the world. 12.7 12.7 billion fucking hell for mobile aye for mobile I mean see that's the thing like mobile game is such a big thing like we shit on it like for I am who are these people casual people like I mean I'm above it I'm so far above <laughs> I'm so far above it I don't even think we've got any hardcore mobile fans that would be annoyed by that comment. It's disappointing. I maybe need to clip it and put it in Twitter yeah, just to annoy some folk up, get a rise. I, I can't visualise this segment of the market and who these people are. It's everybody. It's people that aren't gamers. Right. Like, it's people that would cl- not classify them as gamers, but they play Farmville. Like, think about that. Okay. Like, farm was Farmville on Facebook as well? I think so, yeah. Was it the same one or it was something similar? Like... Think how many people played that game but have never touched a console in their life. Like, it's not aimed at us, it's aimed at other people. And I think, like, it's basically Take-Two going, we've got GTA Online, we're fucking killing it. Like, Grand Theft Auto is always in the top five selling games. We've we've platinumed consoles. Let's now go after mobile. And they clearly couldn't be fucked building it up themselves. They've went, like, who's... Who's big? Oh, we'll buy Zynga. Mm. And they get 12.7 billion lying around. I give them that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Thinking back to my commuting days when I worked in the city, I'd, I probably did play the odd mobile game then, but it was like a time passer. You know what I mean? But yeah. that's what this stuff is. I mean, that's I what Farmville is. It's a time passer. I suppose. I remember playing Bejeweled, but that mm-hmm. it, that was a big thing back then, you know, and Angry Birds. I mean, played that too. Yeah. But, I mean, maybe there are more games out there that are good that I just maybe don't know about. There will be. Like, I mean, we do, it's something we do not explore anymore. No. Like, but it's... The, the reason the mobile game market is so lucrative is because it's all microtransaction-based. Yeah. Like... Like you, I remember enjoying um, Angry Birds, and it's something that, like, with the kids, I was like, "Oh, like they've started using." Like, I mean, it, it helped. Like, there is. We've always spoke about this about how games can help your coordination. It can help your reflexes, like different stuff like that. See, Angry Birds, like, at its heart, it is like a physics-based puzzle. Mm-hmm. Like, you are having to judge angles. You're having to like that stuff that is actually useful for kids, and it's not the most violent of games. You know what I mean? So, like, 
Yeah, okay. <laughs> More on Angry Birds later. <laughs> Jeez. But uh, it's... So, like, I, I installed it, I think, at different times, because I forgot this and I did it again. I've installed it at times for both the kids. Mm. But, see, these days, you cannot just get a version of Angry Birds that you can just fucking play. Yeah. Like, I'll give you a fiver. Just leave me the fuck alone and let me play Angry Birds. Can't do it. There's no paid version of it. You've got to get the free version that contains in-game ads. And so when you're playing it, you get like, it's, I'm not even, this. I'll be wrong here, it's not exactly this, but like between every level, there's like ads come up and you've got to hit a different bit to close the ad, which mm-hmm. our kids do not know how to do. Yeah. So they're just tapping the screen and it's opening ads left, right and centre. And there's no way to turn that off. Unless you pay the like monthly subscription for I don't the even, ad fee I, I'm not even sure there is that. All right, okay. You've got no like like I say, I'd pay a five or just give me the fucking game. Yeah. Nut. And then there's stuff where it's like, I think you can only play so many levels at a time, and then you have to like buy access to more levels. But if you wait a day, then you can. Do you know what I mean? It's not mm. as if you can just be like, like I just want to pay a one-off fee and let me play the goddamn game. No, and. This kind of stuff lures people in. Like, whereas me, I just get fed up and go, delete. But other <laughs> delete. people are like, ah, oh, it's only £2. Oh, it's only £2. Oh, and then all of a sudden they've spent £100 over mm-hmm. the course of two weeks commuting on the train to work. And I have downloaded Among Us as well, just so we've got another device to, to pair up. So we I can... mean, that genuinely is free, though. <laughs> yeah. To yeah. be fair. Yeah. Like, that's actually the opposite, where it costs £3 on the PlayStation, but mm. it's free on mobile. Mm. We do need to get a big multiplayer game of that going. We do. Uh, we could give a shout out and get, get a bunch of folk together. Mother y'all. Okay. okay, so we have a few rumblings over the past few days that the sequel to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order might be gearing up for a reveal in the near future and it's been suggested that it could release as soon as late 2022. In a lengthy report from B-Spin Bulletin, it was mentioned that the release window is, quote, not locked in and things could easily change. But it seems that EA and Respawn are still hoping to launch the game before the end of the year. However, another source told the outlet that, quote, releasing the title this year is possible, but the chances aren't great. As for a reveal date, it's expected that we could be officially hearing about the game at Star Wars Celebration in late May, although an announcement on May 4th would also fit. Hashtag May the 4th be with you. Details are still under wraps about what to expect from the game, but B-Spin Bulletin says that it won't be called Fallen Order 2, instead it'll be Star Wars Jedi followed by a new subtitle featuring, quote, returning characters from its predecessor, some with larger roles along with exciting existing Star Wars characters that weren't featured in the first instalment. The second they said it may release this year, but the chances aren't great, means that is a fucking 2023 game. Yeah. Guaranteed. Absolutely guaranteed. And I would say late 2023. This smells a god of war to me, where the whole of last year they were like, it's coming in 2021. And now... Like, it's clearly coming out at the end of 2022. It was never going to be ready for 2021. But it, the first game was good. See, see, to be honest, actually, the first... The first game, I'm trying to think. So, as I've said in recent weeks with the podcast, I am more open to Star Wars now 
I would not call myself a fan by any means, but I'm I'm intrigued, quietly intrigued by it. Now that intrigue either started with the Mandalorian or Jedi Fallen Order, whatever one came out first, and I'm not. Uh, they were round about the same time, I think. Yeah, it's clear that you're not a fan because you, yeah. you don't know these facts, and nor do I because I am also not a fan. Yeah, but it's a good game. Like the first game was really, really good. It could have done with a better map system and a better fast travel system, but other than that, it was like the gameplay was really fun. Story was good. It looked good. The worlds were cool. The writing was good. Like everything about it, I really, really like. I never finished it, and I do want to go back and finish it. So hopefully, this is twenty twenty three, and I can get time to do that. <laughs> but I actually downloaded it recently onto the Xbox because it's available through EA Play. But a uh, brilliant, brilliant game. So the sequel to this will be like folk will be all over it when it releases in twenty twenty three. Okay, and just a quick roundup of a few other pieces of news that we'll just skim over. So we have The Last of Us remake for PS5 is said to be close to complete. Expect a release later this year to coincide with the HB show. HBO show. Is that not what I said? The HB show. I'm sure I said oh. You never. Okay. HBO show. You did not. (laughs) This still hasn't been announced. Like... It, by all accounts and through various people that you can trust is happening but it's this has not been confirmed to even be coming out and it's the most pointless fucking remake in the history of time because it came out at the end of the PlayStation 3 era then they made a PlayStation 4 version of it mm. which looks and plays fucking great and now they're remaking it why would you do that? like I mean, they tried to give it to Sony Bend and they were like, fuck this, we don't want to do this. And apparently now it's Naughty Dog again that are making it, but you can't... I mean, it came out on PlayStation 4 in 2014. How, How do you... was it that long ago? Huh? Wow. It was 2013 that came out in um, PlayStation 3 and then 2014 on PlayStation 4. That does not need remade. The game still looks brilliant. Mm. Like, unless... I, I started thinking back and I was like... I was thinking back to Spider-Man. And don't you remember this? But see, when Spider-Man Miles Morales came out on PlayStation 5, they also brought out a remastered version of the first Spider-Man game. Yeah. And in that, they changed Peter Parker's face to a new actor. Oh. I right, aye, and it was to do with. I mean, I don't think they officially. They said it was like closer to their vision, but clearly it was something to do with money that they changed this. And uh, like, this is game is obviously to coincide with the HBO series. Like, what happens if they've changed all the faces to make it? They've got the folk from the, the HBO series. Can you imagine the outrage? The fucking outrage. Folk would be livid. Because it's that Pedro Pascal, the guy who plays the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. see if it's just his face superimposed on a Joe. <laughs> like, folk will shit on it from a great height. Absolutely ridiculous. We actually, Flying Taco wrote in and said, is this new version of The Last of Us definitely real it just seems to, uh, too stupid to be true mm-hmm. and it I mean it is too stupid to be true but it is it's definitely happening and it will definitely come out along with the show okay another rumour twisted, twisted Metal reboot has apparently switched development teams 
Lucid Games makers of Destruction All-Stars was originally on the case, with duties apparently now having switched to Fire Sprite, the team also making the Horizon VR game. Yeah, you get the impression that... I mean, I quite liked that Destruction All-Stars. Like, we only played it for an hour, maybe. But it was a fun hour. <laughs> I, mean, I suppose it's not exactly the highest of praise, but that game didn't do particularly well. So you sort of feel maybe they were taking off it because that didn't. I mean, I would if I was working for that company, yeah, I'd be true. concerned that I was getting shut down. True. Um, and yeah, so Fire Sprite are the guys that are obviously making Horizon as well. So one of the other uh, shout-outs we got on Twitter was from Demo, and he said, I was asking, when we're asking about uh, PSVR games getting, and sorry, PSVR 2 games getting announced, his shout was Twisted Metal. Mm. And then, so I messaged him back, and I was like, well, actually, it's now Fire Sprite Games that are supposed to be making the new Twisted Metal, who are also making, like, are a VR studio, and are making the Horizon VR game. So it would make sense for them to then put a VR mode in Twisted Metal. So I could see that happening. This is also to coincide again with a TV show. There's a Twisted Metal TV show coming in 2023. And so this game is apparently supposed to come out at the same time. I don't know how a Twisted Metal show works, but apparently. We shall see. Okay, and finally, the associate director of Skull and Bones has apparently left the project. This comes just one week after we included it in our 2022 preview with a massive lol beside it. Yeah. Aye, this game's fucked. It's absolutely fucked. They should just literally take it out back and shoot it right in the fucking head. This all started years and years ago, so... The first PlayStation 4 Assassin's Creed game was Black Flag. Mm -hmm. And it was a pirate setting. And after that, Ubisoft, because I remember, I still remember getting the email. They were like, oh, if we were to make a new type of game, what kind of game would you like? And there was a bunch of options. And you, there was like a poll, an email poll. And I was one of the people who put back a pirate game because I just played Assassin's Creed uh, Black Flag it was fucking excellent like to me the worst part of it was the fact that it was an Assassin's Creed game because you had like Blackbeard and stuff like that and it was fucking cool mm -hmm. but the Assassin stuff almost got in the way of a cool pirate game it's certainly a gap in the market I don't think there exactly is, yeah you know. fucking awesome so I think that was definitely the one that won and people were like oh this maybe they're going to make a pirate game so then fast forward about two years they announce Skull and Bones and everyone's like this looks fucking cool and then it was promptly followed by them saying, you are the ship. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone fucking just keeled over laughing because nobody wants that. You want to be a character. You want to be a proper story. Like if it's just ship battles, who gives a fuck? So the reaction to that was terrible. So it seemed like they went back to the drawing board and maybe changed it. But then it's just been in total development hell ever since. And it's went quiet, then it's came back, then it's went quiet. I still think we'll see it at some point, but it's past the point of MDK. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just dead on arrival, I think. Uh, okay, yeah, that sums up our news for 
this week, we shall move on to Shitty Platinum. Shitty, shitty, shitty Platinum. Shitty Platinum. Okay, at me. Okay, so each week we share what we have dubbed a shitty platinum, a game in which a platinum trophy, or in the case of Xbox, 1000G, can be obtained with ease and or in a short amount of time. Craig, what delight do you have for us this week? This week I have zero degrees, which is very apt because it's quite cold. (laughs) People, People think thought doesn't go into this section, but that is just proof. That I'm on the ball here. Okay. Know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh, yep. Yep. So this game has been out on Xbox for, I believe, about eight or nine months, and it just came to PlayStation recently. And it's a 2D platformer, like a kind of puzzle platformer. You have to just get from A to B, really. But you can create five ice blocks to help you on your way. Okay. Uh, as it goes on a bit further, you can then create ice. So you can you don't just create an ice block at your foot. You can fire it across. You can so you can shoot the ice block and then it'll land wherever. But as how much strength do you need to be thrown an ice block? Oh, this guy's mental, by the way. Honestly, has he got good good guns? Aye, aye. Right. His wee pixel muscles are pretty impressive. So. As in the later levels, you can you f- you fire this block of ice, but then you can also fire. You press so it's R one R one to fire, and then L one will freeze it. So you can like shoot it out at a wall and then freeze it in place. It's like a spider web. I don't know why you find this funny. So I see this game. <laughs> I, don't know. I think it's just just your description of it. I'm gonna contact the developer and fucking let them hear you laughing at their game. Andy'd be right into I'm this. I'm laughing at you. Andy'd be right into this. It's just as well he doesn't do this segment because he's not here. So he would be right into it. We okay? would be letting the listeners down without providing a shitty. Platinum. He's probably seen the podcast document. And he's probably downloaded it already. Right. Because I know he likes his G's. He's not a completionist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's. I think you've got to complete thirty levels. You can do That's it. Quite a, a lot. I know. That's what I thought. I was like twenty's my limit, but. Needs must. It was the game that fit, given the cold weather. So, <laughs> had to be done. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, to be fair, there's a couple of levels later on that are a bit fiddly. Like, I'd, like you play one of them where you had to like freeze it in an exact spot. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a few you have to like freeze in the air to get from A to B. And it is a little bit fiddly, but it's not difficult. Like, I, I think you'd get it done in half an hour. Is it enjoyable? It's actually all right. It's not too bad. Like I, I don't mind these series. Little like puzzle. There's quite a few of them. I can't think of them off by hand at the moment. But there's quite a few of these ones that are like two D puzzle platformers, and I I find them quite fun. Like to me, the sort of joy of a shitty platinum, other than obviously the trophies, which is the main pool. Is like see just like playing one or two of them in between bigger games. Like sometimes it is fun to just break it up. Where, like you're like, oh, I can stick this on for half an hour and finish it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's like like I say, there is puzzles to it, but it's not something you're going to get stuck at for long. So 
it's quite fun figuring it out and, and getting a few trophies along the yeah, way. Yeah, I think the ones like that that you see, you see like they're they are actual games versus tapping a jar of mayo and stuff like that. You know, there is actually a game to play. Yeah, this is that, this is fun. <laughs> aye, this is fun figuring out how you need to do it. Yeah. Aye, the mayo thing. Like, I'm not even going to sit and pretend that's fun. Yeah. I mean, I had fun doing it because I was just like, I can't fucking believe I'm doing this. This is ridiculous. And I think people walked in while I was doing it and questioned my life choices. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I, this one is actually kind of fun. Okay. So it's, I think it's three ninety nine. I'm playing it on Xbox, but uh, like I say, you can. So on Xbox, you've only got the one version of it, or there might be a PC version as well that you can get achievements on. But on the PlayStation side, you, there'll be different regions and i think there's a playstation 4 and 5 version so if you like it and you want to play it seven times it's probably an option <laughs> pretty good good to know good Ding! To know. <laughs> okay so it is gaming movie night time as so many video games have inspired the creation of adaptations on the big screen we decided to introduce a segment and watch and review a gaming movie each week this week's pick was Assassin's Creed 2016. In Assassin's Creed, the Templar Order has for centuries been after the Apple of Eden, which is said to contain the secret for controlling humans' free will. Meanwhile, Assassin's Creed is charged with protecting it. Scientist Sophia locates prisoner Cal, a descendant of the Creed, and plugs him into a machine that allows him to relive his ancestors' battles and discover the location of the Apple. Boring. I thought it was alright. <laughs> See, I wonder, right? We discuss off air, like before we record, what what film we're gonna cover next week. Mm -hmm. And a couple of times Assassin's Creed's been brought up and it's honestly like you've deflated a whoopee cushion when you look at Andy as soon as you mention it. Now he's an <laughs> Assassin's Creed fan, he doesn't like the film. Uh and you have to wonder about his timing of getting COVID. Because he's managed to avoid this film. That's true. But I mean, very, surely... Very convenient. Surely he still watched it, even though he's not here. Well, I'd fucking hope so. I'll be quizzing him on it next week. <laughs> I, I thought it was all right. I, I honestly did. I didn't hate it. I remember... Well, I don't remember. I know I watched it when it first came out, but I had so, no memory so of it at I, all. So did I, I think, or... At least it was one of those films that you put on and maybe watched the first 10 minutes and then what? No, this is not for me and fell yeah, asleep. That's I think probably that's what, what happened. happened the first time round. Um, obviously, I've, I've watched you play a lot of the games, so I've got an understanding of them. Yeah. Um, although I haven't, I don't have I played it. I don't think I have fully played any. I think I've played bits, You've but played not. played bits, but not one start to finish. Yeah. You um, played quite a lot of the one that was set in Paris. Paris yeah. Because I think that's because I just enjoyed like roaming around the streets of Paris. Well, it was at a time where we had recently been to Paris together. Mm. And I remember you loading it up and being like, because you, you'd been to Paris before as well, hadn't you? Yeah. So we had just been, so that was your second time there. And as an orienteer, you were quite knowledgeable on how to get from A to B. Yeah. And so you loaded up the game and you were like, let's see if I can get from the Eiffel Tower to... It wasn't that, but it was like a cathedral to wherever else. And you were like, fuck, this is fucking pretty accurate. I mean, obviously mm. the streets were a bit different, but some of them are still the same layout. Yeah. 
Uh, and yeah, it was it was interesting. That's a great game. That one that was so underrated. The one that was set in Paris. Yeah, Unity, but I think I think, I think my kind of I don't know experience of Assassin's Creed is the ancestry element and going back in time. Whereas I think like this, each one set. Uh huh. Like whereas I think this game focused an awful lot on the the whole other bit yeah Chris on Discord's not going to be happy with this this comment but nobody cares about that modern day bollocks like <laughs> just oh I know that's going to rile people up and see if Andy was here he'd, he'd defend it as well because he really likes the Assassin's Creed lore like the sort of backstory of Abstergo and all that I just I'm like at first I was into it and then as it got further and further down the line in terms of games I was just like just fuck off I, I they clearly didn't realise, I think, at the time that this was going to snowball into what it's become. Mm, true. And so I don't think... I, I think it got to the point where they were like, we need to have this modern day stuff in it, but we don't quite know what to do with it now because it sort of ran its course almost. Like, I was saying to you when we were watching the film, there was one of the Assassin's Creed games, I think it was, it might have been Black Flag, I think it was Black Flag, where the modern day stuff was you were working at a video game studio and when you went into the Animus, it was because you were helping make a video, you were you were accessing memories of pirates to help make this video game. Mm. But then obviously Abstergo got involved and it all got a bit mad. Uh, but yeah, I just, I don't know, like... I, I I thought the film was alright. I did kind of like it. Like, I, I actually, like, it's... This, sound, this is going to annoy people as well, but it's the most interested I've ever been in the modern day stuff. Like, the way they covered it in this. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just think I found it just a bit disorientating because it... I don't know, and it struggled to make sense of some of it. And maybe that's yeah. partly because I don't, you know, know the backstory because I've not played the games as much but then you know as a standalone with no knowledge I still found it like a bit I don't know like it made little sense at times um I was confused by the animus being this weird tentacle that was yeah. like and it wasn't really I mean it was like a sort of epidural on the guy's back but and this thing was just sort of holding him so that he couldn't face plant but it just I don't know it was a cool visual for the film but in the games the animus is like it's almost like a psychiatrist's chair that you mm. lie in mm. and you're asleep. Whereas this guy is like awake and he's like doing all the moves in some sort of dome, which I thought was a bit weird. But the, the actual story itself, like, I mean, I looked at IMDb before we started and it's got like a 5.7, I think, which is reasonable. And um, yeah, I thought it was all right. It just, it was a bit bland, a bit boring. I think that's like, exactly the word I would use to say, but I just thought it was boring. It like, didn't. It I wasn't didn't. engaged like with it. Like I wasn't like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen next. It was just. It certainly uh, didn't feel particularly epic. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the problem was like I think it did have a. We'll go into the budget and stuff like that. I think it did cost quite a bit to make. It had but, a decent cast as well, but yeah, but I just I don't know. I don't feel like they were able to fully immerse you in the olden times. Mm-hmm. Like I never really bought it. And I think, like, I've got, so I, I, I did pull some sort of trivia, and it says here that 
80% of the film, including stunts, extras and locations, were shot on camera without using CGI. That's a lot, considering the fact that it's supposed to be a film based hundreds of years ago. Yeah. So, like, I never noticed that at the time, and maybe if I had seen that beforehand, I'd have been looking out for it more, but I don't know. I, I, I never felt fully engaged in the stuff in the past, and that is the most interesting part to me, but I just didn't fully, I don't know, like I say, feel engaged with it. It felt quite small scale. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that was because they were doing it practically rather yeah. than using CGI, that it was maybe, very hard I mean, for them to do that. The very end scene, they're, at top, they're on the top of a roof in London and it, like, I don't know, like, I was actually thinking about how they were filming this at the time and I thought, oh, they must have CGI'd them, like, on a different building. But now that you're saying that, it makes me think, actually, they probably were standing on top of that building and a helicopter's going by to film it. Possibly. I um, mean, obviously, there, there is a 20% that was CGI. Yeah. But you'd imagine that must have been all the old and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, because they had to CGI that, a lot of it, surely. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, there's, there's, there's a couple other interesting things, like... Um, the, this film features the highest free fall performed by a stuntman in 35 years. Well. It says, the stuntman Damien Walters performed a free fall from the height of 125 feet, which is 38 metres, which lasted almost three seconds with a 61 mile an hour impact speed. 61 wow. mile an hour hitting the ground. I mean, obviously he wasn't hitting the ground, but that's still a lot. Some fucker nearly died for this film. <laughs> a feather on your cap, innit? I mean, if that's your claim to fame. Another interesting part, so do you know who Brendan Gleeson is? No. Was he in the film? He was. <laughs> so do you remember the film The Guard? Yes. That I love. The Irish. Yeah, the Irish guy is the cop. Yeah. I fucking. Anyone's not watched that film, pause the podcast, go watch The Guard. <laughs> Amazing film. Amazing. It's so. It's dry humour, but it's so funny. It's amazing. But it stars Brendan Gleeson. So you know that, the guy I mean? Yes. So he is Michael Fassbender's dad. dad. Right. You should have said that. Right. I, I know who that was. But we had to. No, because then I wouldn't have been able to mention The Guard. Is okay? Right. <laughs> Which is amazing. <laughs> but, yeah, so he plays... So Brendan Gleeson plays the dad in the present time. Mm-hmm. But see when Fassbender's a kid and his dad has, like, murdered the mum mm-hmm. and he hates the dad for it, but it turns out that that was, the, that was the right thing for him to do or whatever. Um, the guy that plays the young dad, that is Brendan Gleeson's son. Hmm which I thought was quite interesting. Yeah. I don't know if the guy's even an actor, but like, it, like I remember at the time thinking, they did pretty well with that. It does look like a younger version of him. It turns out it fucking is. Yeah, <laughs> Literally, <laughs> biologically, it's a younger version of him, which was quite cool. Uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, like, it's not a brilliant film by any means. Like, it's just, I, I didn't think it was bad. Like, you saying boring, like, I think that's probably, I didn't find it as boring as you, mm. but it just, it wasn't particularly exciting. And I think you would expect an Assassin's Creed film to be exciting. And I don't know if this was part of it, but 
I read that the director didn't want to show the assassins as the heroes and the Templars as the villains, which is very much like hinted at in the games. Uh, instead, he wanted to like show both ideologies, and I think it just that muddied the waters as well. Like, Perhaps, yeah. I mean, it's not that every film has to be like this, but I think if you've got a solid good versus bad, like I think that's like an age old thing that just works. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're trying to be political about stuff like that, that maybe that can get in the way and isn't necessarily yeah. ideal. I saw this um, review on Rotten Tomatoes that amused me. It said, Assassin's Creed is many things and none of them good. Visually, it's the ugliest movie of 2016. And keep in mind that I saw Robert De Niro's prosthetic penis in Dirty Grandpa. Dirty Grandpa's a good film. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. I don't, so, why, why would it be the ugliest film? That's a bit fucking sure. harsh, isn't it? Yeah, not sure. Okay, so I'll take Andy's role as the box office announcer so the budget was 125 million and gross worldwide it took 240,697 and 856 dollars 240 million what did i say 240,000 that would have been a colossal fucking fail of epic proportions yeah so neil i mean that's why andy does the box office stats. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. numbers are <laughs> hard uh, I mean it's it's nearly made back double so it's not bad yeah I wonder it's why not they've bad. not broached I mean don't get me wrong like, when you talk about like the budget being 125 million I don't think that includes the marketing so it probably wasn't overly profitable mm. because I would imagine there's probably another 100 million spent on on marketing but it's It'll have made it'll be in the green, yeah. certainly, which is something. Mm. I, I saw down there as well that on its opening weekend it only made ten million, which isn't particularly great. But mm, it's obviously it's obviously done all right after that, in various places to get up to two hundred and forty. It's not going to get a sequel though. I don't think that Michael Fassbender he was like a, a like a associate director on it as well. Like he. He didn't know, apparently, when he got asked to come on board, like, he didn't even know Assassin's Creed was a game. <laughs> Which tends to be the case with a lot of these people. Yeah. Like, they don't seem like... It's a different generation, but mm. in it, like, it's not really into it. Mm. But, uh, and I suppose when you're a Hollywood actor, you don't have a particularly large amount of time to be playing games, especially the recent Assassin's Creed games, which are apparently never-ending. Mm. True that, true that. Okay, let's take it to a vote then. Obviously, it's just you and me this week, so there will only be two pieages for now, but hopefully Andy has watched it and we will get his pieage and we will add it in to our page on the website. You can if... That's fucking great. Can we make sure he has to watch it so he has to give a rating? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Get it up, Andy. Yeah. There is a page on our website, puredeadgaming.com, where you can go and look at the full list of films that we have watched over the last year and all our ratings and and Scotch Pies, because that's how we rate things around here. So I'm going to give it a two, because I was bored and I'm not going to watch it again. I'll give it a three, because I was slightly less bored. Okay. And I, I will, mean, also, but I will also not watch it again. Okay. It's no Mario. Oh, God. It's no Mario. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So in terms of votes, the listeners agree with you. Two pies got 50% of the votes. Then one pie was second. So folk really didn't like it. Uh, that got 23%. So you're talking 73% thought either one or two pies. That's pretty fucking grim considering some of the shit we've watched. Uh, 20% gave it three. 6% gave it four. And 1% gave it five. One single vote. I think that was the take the piss vote of the week. You know, usually there's some yeah. dickhead that's in my one. Uh, well, some dickhead was in my five. They've, they've turned on its head. So well done. Okay, next week we are going to watch Angry Birds. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I have seen it, but... I don't think you have. I, I remember putting it on for Nathan when it first came out, and he would have been young. Like maybe three, maybe. And you were in the house, but I think you were pottering about, like doing different stuff. And I remember turning to you about, because I, I mean, I remember when they said they were making an Angry Birds film, and I was like openly disturbed about it. I was like, why the fuck of all the things you could make, would you make an Angry Birds film? That's a dreadful idea. It's a cash in. Fuck you. But then I think I stopped and came through to you about 20 minutes in, and I was like, this is actually really good, by the way. This is really, really good. So I'm excited to see it. I've not seen it since then, and okay. I'm excited to watch it again. I remember it being really funny. Okay, so yes, we will report back next week on our thoughts on Angry Birds, the movie. And finally, to just wrap things up, we have a pick of the week for you this week. Shall we sing the song, or shall we just insert here? Pick of the week. 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 Now it's just paste on. This week there is once again absolutely fuck all coming out. There's DLC for it's the Pagan Men DLC for Far Cry Six, which could be pretty cool, but that's not a full release. I did noticed that there was maybe six or seven games coming to xbox but they didn't and none of them really grabbed my attention splunky 2 which is not something i'll play but apparently i thought that was already on xbox apparently it isn't and it's coming this week so you could check that out but i decided to go and pick something out of sales again and i thought it might be time to go for uncharted the Nathan Drake collection because we're very close to the Legacy of Thieves, which is the remaster of Four and Lost Legacy. So this one, it's PlayStation 4, but available on PlayStation 5 as well. And it brings the Uncharted Nathan Drake's collection. So it's the first, second, third game and visuals are a bit better and 60 FPS. So pretty good. I believe it's 60 FPS. Don't quote me on that. But it's the first three games in one of the best gaming series ever. And it's currently 50% off and available for £7.99. So £8 for the first three Uncharted games is hard to argue. That's pretty decent. Pretty decent indeed. Okay, and that's us for this week. Hopefully Andy will be back in future episodes 
with his Assassin's Creed review. Once he recovers. To keep up to date with all things Pure Dead Gaming, make sure you are following us on our socials as well as our website, puredeadgaming.com, where you can read written reviews and we also sometimes post videos on our YouTube channel. So again, make sure you are subscribed on all the places. And join the Discord. And join the Discord, yeah, absolutely. And we shall see you again next week, Thursday at 3. The usual drop will be there. Bye. Goodbye.